Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of It Starts With Attraction. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing ItStartsWithAttraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to ItStartsWithAttraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. On today's episode of It Starts With Attraction, I am joined by a very special guest, and that guest is my husband. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about spiritual attraction, what that means, and what it means in a relationship specifically. Let's dive in. There's a process to falling in love, and it starts with attraction. Join Kimberly Beam Holmes and her special guests as they discuss how to become the most attractive you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, or as we refer to it, working on your pies. We'll teach you how to have better relationships and become more attractive to others, and maybe more importantly, to yourself. It starts with attraction, and it starts now. Rob, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. Technically, you're with me every day since we kind of live together, (laughs) share a house, all the fun things. And today we're talking about spiritual attraction. So for those of you who may be new to the podcast or even long-term listeners to the podcast, Rob and I did a episode, an episode of it starts with attraction a couple months ago on intellectual attraction Mm -hmm. and staying intellectually attracted to each other. We haven't done one yet together on physical or emotional attraction. We should probably cue those for the future. But today we're going to be talking specifically about spiritual attraction because the podcast, the the four episodes around this one are spiritual attraction themed. So we're kind of ending out that theme as we move through it, but could be a fun one to do in the future. Rob, how would you define spiritual attraction? Uh, I was going to ask you that first. But here we go. Uh, I I think to me, there's kind of a, at least man looking at woman. It's not just, okay, does she read her Bible every day and love Jesus? It's also, there's a, there is a soft, dare I say, elegant way that a woman carries herself that indicates a spiritual health that is probably better than mine. And that is attractive. Mm. It, it starts, I believe in a person's heart, mm-hmm. but it is manifests in how they carry themselves. Mm. And that has to be taken as an average, an aggregate of how they, you know, not one, not a one off, Remember when you and I were dating, I was spiritually attracted to you, but then there were times where you wanted ice cream. And I was like, it's not in the cards tonight to, to go get ice cream because we're, we're running out of time. It's a finite resource. And I, we were you, in Birmingham. I remember it. this. I had a breakdown. You were very displeased. <laughs> I was wanting some cold stone creamery, dark chocolate ice cream. Very specific. Very specific. As they say, the queen was not amused. And so I was, you know, but but that was a one off. Right. Thank goodness. Oh my gosh. That's funny. But yeah. 
That's funny. Okay. How would you define spiritual well, attraction? Well, yes. The definition of spiritual attraction is living in line with your beliefs and values. So there's two parts to it. Okay. There's, I, I get to build my spiritual attraction based on what I choose matters to me for my beliefs and values. The things that I'm passionate about, my core values, all of those things will ultimately lead to what my spiritual attraction looks like to others. Because innately, there are some people that would be unattracted to some of my beliefs and values, right? Like, so, you know, the one that all of the listeners know, and of course, we're not shy about it, but I'm a Christian. I don't, I don't all the time talk about that. I mean, I don't hide it, but I don't base this whole podcast around it, but it definitely comes up in a lot of examples and in things that I'm passionate about. But there's some people who might listen and think I'm so unattracted to that, that I can't even listen, which is fine. But that, I mean, that's one example. And we can see it a lot in politics too, right now, unfortunately, because you see people who, who have a belief or a value that is different than yours. And let me give it, let me give this example to it. So, you know, one of my, one of my good friends is the executive director of a nonprofit in the Nashville Metro area that works with a lot of underserved, uh, in poverty families. Mm-hmm. And so when pol- political seasons come around, that is her life. That is who she works with. That's who she cares for. She sees their struggles. And so her mindset is going to be to vote in a way that can help those people best because that those are, that's her beliefs and values. That's what matters most to her in her life. But it could be so easy for someone else to just look at who she voted for. And in fact, this did happen. She had a good friend that was on the other side of the political aisle and didn't take the time to understand why those things mattered to her, why she was voting that way. And instead just said, well, if you are going to vote that way, it must mean all of these things about you. Hmm. Therefore, like I am unattracted to you. That's not what she said, but that in terms of the pies and in spiritual attraction, it's like that beliefs and value system is so aversive to me that I don't even want to be around you anymore. Now, what I talk about in spiritual attraction and what my challenge and encouragement is to everyone is don't just write someone off because on the surface, they have a different belief and value than you do. Explore the why, because you will probably find out that there are more things you have in common than you actually think there, than you actually would have thought. You're just expressing them in two different ways. And try not to do that on social media. And <laughs> not the truth. I've ruined so, so many true. friendships on social media because I, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I won't go there. Yeah. These kinds of, if, if there's a difficult conversation to be had, it's best had in person with someone you trust. Um, but I, I still advocate for in person. It's, it's usually harder to become offended. And if somebody does become offended, their facial expressions often give that away. And so repairs can be made on the spot. Whereas on social media, people write like a three page manifesto as to why the other person stinks and Mm -hmm. and they hate them. And then a friendship is over because people were very offended and, and, Mm -hmm. um, 
So try, try not to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. I, I would even say try not to have them on the phone if you can. Try to do it in person. There's so much of communication you miss when you're not able to see a person's facial expressions and body language. And yes, all of that is very true. And whether that's spiritual or political and political is a part of a belief and value system. Absolutely. It is. It, it, your beliefs and values that you have first will form the political ideologies that you follow. Yes. And I actually think I have a revolutionary crazy theory about that. And here it is. My crazy, crazy, crazy theory is that not all, but most reasonable adults, if they sit down to talk about things in a way that seeks true understanding. Mm -hmm. And so when they listen, they're listening to listen, not listening to formulate a counterattack. Yes. Yes. I believe that the majority of reasonable adults would actually find themselves agreeing with people, even people mm-hmm. who on paper are very much right across the political or even in some way, spiritual aisle. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I think that, you know, without getting into too much politics, I think the war in Ukraine has, has helped to reveal that, the overwhelming majority of reasonable adults are like, this is horrible. Mm -hmm. This is awful. And while not everybody agrees on the exact way to handle the situation, there's a, there's a baseline belief that this is just, this is terrible. Uh, And, and our hearts Mm -hmm. cry out in pain when we see images of injured people, fleeing people and, and all those kinds of things. We're like, Whoa, so, and I believe that, that, that could apply to a lot of different issues, not just this particular one. Yeah. Um, that, that when we sit down and we really talk and, and we ask questions and we prod and we really try to listen and understand a person's belief and value systems, especially when it's done in person, face to face, you sit down for an hour with someone and you really, really try to understand where they're coming from with that belief and value system. I think it'll be very, very hard to judge them at the end of that hour. Maybe you could still. I mean, if if they're uh, advocating something that is just so out there for for a reasonable person that you can't reconcile that, then sure. But I believe that most people would. I believe most people would be very empathetic. So, going back the the way our spiritual attraction forms is based on the beliefs and values that we hold. Now, these beliefs and values can come from things we're passionate about, things we're passionate against, or the experience and or the experiences that we have had so far in life that have formed us. So one of the examples I've given before on the podcast, especially in the first episode that really ironed out and lined out what is what are the pies? What are, what is this viewpoint of attraction that we're teaching is that when I was six years old and I went on that cruise with my parents and we went to Honduras and there were those kids who were selling the seashells going as we were going back to the, um, the cruise line. And I was just thinking of all of the toys that I had brought on the trip, like a ridiculous amount. We would never let our children take as many toys 
on the, on, the, on the trip as I took on this cruise. I had one full suitcase just of dolls. Ridiculous. Like, but, and I was thinking of that and I was looking at these kids and I'm like, why are they selling seashells? And when my parents said it's because they don't have anything. They don't have a house like you. They don't have toys like you. And that experience fundamentally changed me going forward in my life because it developed in me a heart for missions, a heart for caring for people who, who don't have like we, and of course my beliefs and value system models that too, like, right. Live a life of generosity, give, um, that's, like it's not our stuff. It's God's stuff. We just get to ask God how much we get to keep the rest of it is his. And, and that made a big difference in my life. So it was something I'm passionate about. And to this day, I'm passionate about volunteering, helping, doing mission trips, going in and doing what we can for, for people who, who are in need. So things like that form your beliefs and value system. And when you live those beliefs and values out, then you attract people to you who have similar ones. So one of the things that first attracted me to you before we had even started really talking again on Facebook or Facebook Messenger, because that's how we reconnected. It was on Facebook was because my friends in college were like, oh, you should date him. He is so generous. He paid for other people's mission trips. He helps with the homeless. He does this, that, or the other. And I'm like, that's How'd what they know I'm I didn't anything to. homeless? Hmm. So financial attraction. No, it was a giving heart. That is what I was attracted to. The giving heart. And, and I thought, man, that is who I want to be more like. It is that kind of person I want to be more like. And so we are spiritually attracted to people that help us want to be better because they refine us to want to be better. I agree. I'm glad you agree. So then what is it that you, like when you think about yourself and becoming as a man, as the man portion of our relationship, how do you focus on your beliefs and values, cultivating them, refining them, living them out and living in line with them? Because the opposite of that is you say you have a belief and value, but you don't live in line with it, which is what we call a hypocrite. And that is very unattractive. Well, first of all, I think we're all hypocrites on some level, mm. the degree of which is different from person to person. With that being said, what I, I'll start with what I don't do, and that's formulate my beliefs and values, defend my beliefs and values, or crusade on my beliefs and values via social media mm -hmm. anymore. And I think, I think I've mentioned this previously, but that was very counterproductive for me. Mm -hmm. Not everyone ha is counterproductive because of that. Some people get a lot of good from that. On a daily basis, the best thing I can really do or the best thing I've been doing is, is just trying to live in prayer more. But one area where I'm really lacking for me as a Christian and a believer in Christ is, is reading my Bible. 
I usually look up the verse of the day on Bible Gateway. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm good. I, I looked up the verse of the day, got my Bible in, and that's it. So uh, as I've stated previously, I think the S is, is my weakest. It's, it's not just my weakest as far as how I feel about my own attraction of the four aspects. It's also the one I feel I, like I'm least knowledgeable about mm. when it comes to like what it is, how it looks, how to strengthen it. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be confused for lack of biblical knowledge because growing up in, in a going to a private Christian school and then a private Christian college, I have a, an uncanny amount of Bible knowledge for somebody who doesn't read their Bible very often. But that's not the same as a, a spiritually mature person. Mm. The Neville, the, the Neville, the devil knows scripture better than probably most, if not all living human beings on earth right now. So I think it's important that when we think about what our beliefs and values are, we think about how can I be more in alignment with that today in my heart? Mm-hmm. And I believe that I wouldn't even say in my actions, as ironic as it it may seem to not include that, I believe that if my heart is more truly in alignment with my actual beliefs and values, that my heart, if I'm a Christian, is striving to be more in line with Jesus, then my actions will flow out of that. And that... I should focus on trying to get my heart where it should be. And that doesn't mean that I should just give myself permission to take actions that are counter to that, AKA sin, but that I should strive to try and get my heart in alignment with Christ. That's what it means for me as a Christian. Mm-hmm. If you're Muslim, it will look different. But for me as a Christian, it's, it's kind of a heart first thing, I think. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even as we were talking earlier about how what spiritual unattraction looks like. So people who are either they are forcing beliefs and values down your throat or using their beliefs and values as a weapon against you, like using it as a because I believe this, everyone else is wrong. That's unattractive because it pushes people away from them. They are pushing people away from them and only recruiting people towards them or draw, draw, attracting people towards them who are exactly like them. And, and I'm thinking, you know, this clearly like this has been happening on social media the past two, two and a half years. And I don't want to use a specific thing, although we could all use a specific thing to, to think about what it looks like, but all of you, I mean, think of a person you've seen on Facebook who maybe was a good friend. We were watching a Jim Gaffigan skit a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And he's like, the pandemic, if any, if nothing else showed everyone who the crazy people in their family were. <laughs> it's like, yeah, definitely. But we all have those people. It's like, we were friends. We were close. We're family. But all of a sudden I don't even feel loved and accepted by you because like you are, you're just using your beliefs and values as a way to ostracize the people that you don't agree with. 
That is the worst of it. That is spiritual unattraction at its worst. But it could also be, so that's one form of spiritual unattraction, but also spiritually unattractive would be people who are just like, meh, whatever. Anything goes. Like they don't really have beliefs and values because they don't stand strong on anything. That may be attractive to some people whose beliefs and values are also meh, whatever. Meh. Whatever. I mean, if, if we're going to be real. So I, I agree with your point that that you made about, you know, going on a crusade. I guess you could call it a crusade, a moral crusade. Think about it this way. If you're thinking about spiritual attraction, have you ever been to a public event, whether it be a hockey game, a concert, or just even uh, a public fair at a public square, and there always seems to be that guy who's holding up a sign, yeah. something probably quoting the Bible, probably includes the word hell in it, might include slurs against certain groups of people, might not. Is that spiritually attractive? The irony of going to a Christian concert years ago together, and there was that guy mm. with the sign. Telling people at the Christian concert that they were going to hell for. Oh, because there, there was instruments. I bet that's why. Oh, he had, a, he had a loudspeaker and everything to let us know. And everybody ignored him. I mean, I don't even know what he said because I couldn't hear it because nobody paid attention. And uh, it's not spiritually attractive for obvious reasons. That spiritual attraction, I think, goes in hand in hand with emotional attraction. Mm -hmm. And that if you weaponize your beliefs and value system mm -hmm. against other people, the emotions you're going to evoke in them are not going to be attractive. Right. And unless someone also believes in weaponizing their beliefs and values, and oh, by the way, their beliefs and values would have to be 100% in line with yours. Because if there's even just a tiny inth of difference. Bear in mind, if you're weaponizing your beliefs and values against each other, then sooner or later there would be a conflict. Yeah. So I think it's important to take a, it's okay to be spiritually attracted to people who hold the similar beliefs and value systems to you or people whose beliefs and values are spiritually something you want to strive for. But I would still encourage taking a, a pretty non-judgmental stance mm -hmm. where reasonable. Yeah. And I think that that's the tension in spiritual attraction is we're attracted to people who have similar beliefs and values to ours. However, we also don't want to only attract people to us who have the same beliefs and values as ours. And that's the tension. It's that tension of, so I'll just talk about me personally. I want to have friends with people who don't share the same beliefs and values because I believe that's important. I believe it's healthy. And I think the key of it here is you respect the people regardless. You show respect, you show kindness, you show gentleness, patience, love. You show all of these actions to people, even when they disagree with you. And especially when they disagree with you, you lean in with curiosity. Help me understand why is that so important to you? It's not my job to change someone's belief system. It's not my job. 
especially not my job to change my husband's belief system. And it's not your job to change mine. And this is where in marriage, it can become difficult because sometimes people do get married and they have the same belief system. And when I like faith belief system, and then there's a spouse that becomes an atheist or changes, changes to a different religion altogether other than that. And that's hard because all of a sudden, like you were, one of the reasons you were attracted to each other was because you shared that. Now you don't have that. And it's, it is tempting to, to want to do all of these things, like use the Bible against them, try and use, weaponize your beliefs mm. in order to guilt them back into it. Mm. But it's not your responsibility. The yeah. only thing that we can do, the only thing I can do to be spiritually attractive to my husband is to be kind to be curious, to live in line with my beliefs and values. And, and I will say there is space to have relationships with people in your life who can call you out when you aren't living in line with the beliefs and values that are best for you. So there could be people out there. I don't think any of my listeners would be like this, but there are people out there who it's like, you know what? My beliefs and value system is do everything I can, hurt anyone I have to, do whatever it takes, get all the money I can, get the biggest house, biggest car, biggest name, you know, like just that could be someone's beliefs and values. I don't think that's healthy yeah. long term. Like that's not something I would be attracted to, nor is it something I would wish on anyone to have as their beliefs and values. So I do think there's space for making sure there's people in your life who hold you accountable but that's different than them trying to beat you into submission to do something that they want you to do. Absolutely. You talked about leaning in with curiosity and I, I really agree with that. And I don't think that should be confused with a willingness to sacrifice one's own core beliefs and values. And I would mm -hmm. even argue that a willingness to sacrifice one's core beliefs and values, especially when those are very integral to you as a person, not just inherited from your parents, but something you genuinely in your heart of hearts believe a willingness to simply sacrifice those on the altar of wanting to be friends with someone that's actually kind of spiritually unattractive. So if I believe, well, I, I believe that Jesus is the son of God, pretty core to my beliefs and values. Mm -hmm. I am more than willing to be friends with people of different religions or no religion. So let's say I have a friend who's an atheist and we're, I'm in a civil discussion. And after a few years, I'm like, well, this guy is about to probably not be my friend anymore because even though our discussions are pretty civil, he just doesn't really agree. And, and maybe he wants to go be friends with more like-minded people. So maybe if I ease up a little, mm on this core belief and value to keep this friend, I can keep this friend, or maybe I'll at least appear that way when I talk to them. And it's like, uh, you know, I'll be polite, but firm in, in my assertion that I do believe Jesus is the son of God. And I don't want to lose friends, but I might. And that's okay. And I, I actually think I would argue that those who are willing, whatever your core beliefs and values are, those who are, willing to kindly but firmly stick to those come hell or high water, that is probably something that I would say is spiritually attractive. Mm -hmm. And that those who, and it doesn't mean that you're, you would be close minded and, and completely unable to change 
beliefs and values, but essentially those that are core to you as a person, um, you shouldn't be willing to simply sacrifice, at least not easily. Well, it goes back to what you, you know, we talked about the, the war happening right now. One of the reasons that every man in the world almost has a man crush on President Zelensky right now is because he has not backed down from a core belief and value that he has. He wants, would you say freedom? I mean, <laughs> I don't know that they have freedom like we do in the UK, but he, he sent, he knows what's being done is an injustice. It's wrong. And he's yeah. protecting his people. And that we're attracted to that. Every person I use that. I understand that's a very broad term, but I mean, majority of people around the world are like that man yeah. is an inspiration. And you look at people like Martin Luther King Jr. He had a strong beliefs and value system and he fought for it even in the face of all the opposition. Yeah. And so you see these people, M mother Teresa looks different, but she had a very strong belief system of caring with dignity for the dead and dying. And she did that in India, touching people who were untouchables while they were dying, giving them care so that they could die with dignity. And she sparked a revolution. Mm -hmm. And she believed in, I mean, she was invited. I don't remember what it was. Maybe it was when she received a Nobel Peace Prize or there was something she was invited to. And she used that time in her thank you speech to, to stand strong against certain things. And it's just like, we're attracted to people like that because there is part of all of us that wants to have that same kind of courage. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I agree. I agree. So what does this look like in a marriage? As we end, we've talked about a lot of, a lot of things and, but it has to boil down to what is it? What is, how does it, how do we apply this to our daily lives to be more attractive in our relationships? What would be your takeaways? Well, I hate to be a, a Debbie Downer, but my list of things actually comes down to a lot of don'ts that over the years, things I've stopped doing. Mm. Um, don't weaponize your beliefs and values against your spouse. Or anyone. Or anyone. Mm -hmm. When there's a difference Try to seek understanding rather than rushing to judgment. That doesn't mean that you accept the unacceptable. If someone's, you know, mm -hmm. violent or just doing something that you're like, well, I can't ever accept that. That doesn't mean that you accept it. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to beliefs and values, whether those be spiritual, political or other. Simply try to lead by good example as best you can and always seek to improve that example. Mm -hmm. And don't weaponize your beliefs and values and bash people over the head for not thinking or holding the same values as you. Mm -hmm. The best thing you can do is exemplify why this value is important to you. And the other person may decide that at some point it's important to them also mm -hmm. because they've seen it work well for you. And that's it. We, we believe people who model what they say, who Practice what they preach is the way that it's said, right? So I'll give a list of do's. I would say for spiritual attraction, continuing to become the most spiritually attractive you can be. 
identify what you're passionate about. Take the time to step out, take some time to journal, take some time to walk and think about it. What is it that matters most to you? And are you living in line with that? I know uh, a couple for the past couple of years, there's times that I have to really stop myself and say, I say that I value time with my family, but my calendar doesn't look like that. And so it's even things like that. Am I living in line with my beliefs and values? So do take time to assess yourself. Do surround yourself with people who will call you lovingly to accountability and do lean in with curiosity with other people, because that is, that's what all of us, that's what all of us love. All of us want to be asked, why do you believe that? Why is that so important to you? We all want to be understood and seen and heard. I agree. So do that for the people in your lives. Do it for your spouse. And then you can invite your spouse in to further conversations with you, or you can invite your spouse into, you know, if you're a Christian doing prayer every night together or Bible study or going to church or whatever, or just even if you're not a Christian saying, Hey, what can we start doing to volunteer in our community? And you just invite people into those actions and how you're portraying them in your life. Absolutely. Those are my key takeaways. So Rob said, don't weaponize our key pies takeaways for spiritual attraction are don't weaponize. Don't judge. Don't judge. Do lean in with curiosity, assess your own values and invite people to hold you accountable. Absolutely. I think it's a good starting point. Any final words you have for the audience? No. <laughs> those of you listening he leans in pauses dramatically and says no well thank you for joining thank you for having me look forward to having you on some future episodes as well absolutely thank you we'll see you all next week remember to share this episode with someone you think would benefit greatly from it leave a review if you haven't it is the best gift that you could ever give me honestly it just helps more people find the podcast and that means a ton there's a lot of crazy information that people go on about out there of you know ways that you need to do things different or lose a bunch of weight or stop eating everything in your life in order to be attractive but we know that that's not true there's more to attraction than how you look and it has to do with how we carry ourselves how we treat ourselves how we treat other people and all the things that we share here with it starts with attraction look forward to seeing you next week until then stay strong